We've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a mouse. Oh, boy. Here we go. Are you kidding me? Out of the gates? This is not happening. By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig. Homer, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. I am here for the 57th episode of the uh, Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us once again, and thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing and all that good stuff. We'll get to some contact info in a few minutes, but... It has been a busy, busy week, busy month actually for me here in the Magic on the Dollar Studios. I have uh, spent time at Disneyland. We've talked about that a little bit. We still have the the Parkyology Challenge to talk about. We'll do that in an upcoming episode as soon as I get all my notes ready and have enough to talk about. Um, spent some time on Disney World property and the After Hours event last week. It's the Magic Kingdom After Hours event. And I'll get to that. I want to talk a little bit about that today, kind of go through what that is and how that looks. But we'll talk about that uh, had a conference this week, the Thing Live Conference. My good friend Terry Weaver, you heard him back about 10 episodes ago, and he was on on the show. We are talking about the Magic Kingdom, Good, Bad, Magical, and Terry Weaver, this is his baby, the Thing Live Conference down in Orlando. It happens every year. The Thing 2020 is already in motion, so it'll be happening again. So uh, I probably won't talk about that much as it's not Disney-related as a whole, but I do want to talk uh, a little bit about the hotel we stayed in and kind of some experiences over the weekend. So we'll get to all that, but first... Let's kick it off with some Disney news. Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. Disney World stuff in the news today, and we're going to jump right in with mobile order servicing coming to Walt Disney World Resort Hotels. Now, this means, basically, uh, what this means is uh, on your on your app, on your phone, you can actually do mobile ordering at Walt Disney World restaurants. So let's say you're in the Magic Kingdom, and you want to order some stuff from Columbia Harbor House, and the line is fairly long. You get on your app, you do your mobile ordering, and it sends you a text whenever your food is ready. So then you just go pick up your food, which is pretty awesome. It's pretty easy. It's a good system. Uh, every now and then, mobile ordering actually gets backed up. So we, we experienced this in Disneyland at uh, one of the... One of the places in Tomorrowland where the mobile ordering was like 30 minutes, where waiting in line was like 10. So it does get backed up. You kind of have to, you know, pick your poison and figure out which one's going to work better for you. But overall, it's been something at Disney Parks. Looks like they're doing this now at Disney World. They're actually expanding it out to uh, the Everything Pop Shopping and Dining at Pop Century, the Mara at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and Contempo Cafe at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Now, of course, these are all counter service restaurants. You don't really have mobile ordering for table service restaurants. Well, so they're going to kind of see how that looks and how that works and, and see if they can extend it out. So mobile ordering at the select hotels. Theme park news. Now, theme park attendance has been released, and let me just tell you, Magic Kingdom, once again, is a top of the list. 20,859,000 people coming to Magic Kingdom. Not Disney World, but Magic Kingdom itself in Orlando in 2018. An insane amount. It's been on top of that list forever. Number two, Disneyland with 18.6 million. Number three and four, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. Number five, Universal Studios Japan. Number six, Animal Kingdom, 13.7 million. Epcot, 
Number seven, 12.4 million. Shanghai Disneyland comes in at eighth at 11.8 million. Hollywood Studios at ninth at 11.2 million. Of course, that will go up with Star Wars Land coming out later on this uh, this year. And number 10, uh, Ocean Kingdom in, uh, I think that's China, I believe, 10.8 million. I could be wrong because I don't really know where open uh, where, where uh, uh, Ocean Kingdom is. Uh, it is in China. It is in China. Universal Studios comes in actually at number 11 and Islands of Adventure at 14. So it's still trailing still trailing Disney World. And I got to tell you, looking at this right here, uh, I don't see how they're going to catch Disney World. I think when Star Wars opens up, uh, I think it's over. I think Hollywood Studios jumps a couple of spots. You're probably going to look at an additional million or two uh, in attendance there. When Epcot gets their stuff finished up, uh, you, you're going to look at the Magic Kingdom 50th anniversary coming up. The attendance is going to go up there. So I think Walt Disney World attendance is just going up, up, up. Uh, of course, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure, they're, they're, they've got the Harry Potters there, which really helped them out a lot. They were lower on this list, both of them, until Harry Potter came in the picture. And there is the talk, of course, the third the third gate, the third theme park there at uh, uh, Universal Studios, the Mario World, Mario Land, or whatever they might call it. And, you know, it'll take a while for that to kind of get going. I mean, you know, you'll have, it'll be several million visitors the first year, but it'll take a while before it to get on that top 20 list. And uh, all the way down, um, you know, keep going. California Adventures at number 12, Disneyland Paris at 13, of course, Islands of Adventure at 14, Universal Studios Hollywood at 15, Hong Kong Disneyland at 16, Latte World at 17, Nakashima Spa Land, Everland, and Ocean Park with 5.8 million, uh, all the way down to number 20. So if you're looking at your top 10, Top 10 stateside, just here in North America, Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios. So your top five is Disney. Universal Studios at 6, California Adventure at 7, Islands of Adventure at 8, Hollywood at 9, Universal Studios Hollywood at 9, and SeaWorld Orlando at 10, which comes in at 21 on the overall list. Hope you got all those numbers, but it's fascinating to me to kind of see the number of, of people that are visiting these parks. Because here's what I hear every time Disney raises their prices, and they do this once a year, now and then twice a year, come on Disney, but they do this once a year, they raise their ticket prices and their package prices, 2020 will come out very soon, and prices will be a little higher than what they were for now, what they were at this point this year, and uh Every year, people go crazy about how Walt Disney is spinning in its grave, spinning in his grave, and they're pricing out the middle class. No one can afford to go, but guess what? People go. Twenty million people went to almost twenty-one million people went to Magic Kingdom, and that's not that's not pricing. That's not record profits. That is people walking through that gate. Twenty point eight million people. That's a lot of people, folks. That is a lot of people. So theme park attendance there. Magic Band upgrades. We talked a little bit about this before, but uh, now they have they've opened it up now. So you have over thirty different designs to choose from on Magic Bands. You can kind of pick and choose which one you want. Um, you know, the way it works is you when you when you get a Walt Disney World package, you are given Magic Bands. You get to pick it, your Magic Band. You go online and you kind of pick which color you want. There are eight colors to choose from. Red, blue, green, yellow, gray, or black, uh, purple, orange, and uh, whatever color I'm not thinking of, green. Um, so there are eight colors to choose from. And you figure out which one you want, and you know you get that for free. That comes complimentary with your package. Now, beforehand, if you wanted to do something like a Rapunzel Magic Band, or you wanted a Star Wars Magic Band, or maybe you wanted something else, you had to pay for that Magic Band once you got to the parks, or you had to order it online. Uh, sometimes it'll cost a twenty to thirty dollars, depending on the Magic Band. And I've got a couple of free ones, a couple of extras, a couple of different designs. I've got a Star Wars one, and I've got one that's a kind of an anniversary magic band as well. And so I, but I didn't really invest much in the the new ones because they're just too much money. Well, now there are over 30 designs you can choose from to pick. Uh if you want to upgrade your magic bands, you can actually get uh 
Well, now there are over 30 different Magic Bands designs to choose from. If you want to upgrade from your free Magic Band to a new Magic Band with a design on it, it can cost you about 10 bucks, which is a savings anywhere from 15 to $20. And we're talking Minnie Mouse. We're talking Jack Skellington. We're talking Pride Magic Bands, the Fab Five, Mickey, Goofy, Donald, Daisy, uh, Pluto, Chip and Dale. There's Vanellope Von Schweetz, uh, you know, The Little Mermaid, Baymax, Captain Marvel has a Magic Band, Captain America, BB-8, Darth Vader, Tinkerbell. I mean, the designs and the list go on and on and on. There are like over 30 designs to choose from, which is pretty amazing. I, I really love the fact that Disney has done this because uh, you are able to choose new Magic Bands for, for a small fee. Um, I will tell you that I've had several people reach out to me telling me their Magic Bands are not working and they're trying to get them ordered and they can't. This has been an overwhelming success. Of course, the site crashed. And people are having trouble getting their Magic Bands because they're selling out. They're selling out that fast. They've sold out nearly all new designs because that $10 price is just too much to, to pass up. So if you're out there and you're wondering when you can get your new Magic Bands, just know that you can order them up until about 30 to 45 days before your trip. So if you're going in the fall, no worries. Don't freak out. They're not going to sell out. Just give it a little time. Go back in and order your Magic Bands. You'll be fine. If you're going sometime in the next week or two, you probably already have your Magic Bands, so no luck for you. If you're going sometime this summer, maybe in a month, or so, you may want to call Disney IT and, and ask them about the Magic Bands. Try to request the new one that you want, uh, and that's probably the best way to do it. So, Magic Bands are out there, and you can go get them. Rock on. And finally, Disney Legends were announced. Of course, D23 is the conference, is the, the, the big convention that happens every two years, and it's happening this, I believe, August uh, of this year. And every year they release a, a group of individuals they consider Disney Legends. And these are legends that are uh, people who have contributed to the company, who have been a big part of Disney as a whole. Disney as a history, not just parks, but movies, technology, uh, service, things like that. Um, the first one was Fred McMurray in 1987, and since then we've seen over 289 legends uh, be awarded. And this year there are 11 individuals awarded. So let me run through these real quick. These are kind of fun. The first one is Wing Chow, uh, who for 37 years at Disney, he played a vital role in designing and developing exceptional and inspirational projects worth more than $12 billion at Disney Parks Worldwide. He was a vice chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts for Asia Pacific Development, as well as Imagineering, where he did master planning, architecture, and design. So he's done a lot of stuff internally with the parks and stuff. Robert Downey Jr., you will know who that is because he, of course, is Iron Man. He has spearheaded the iconic blockbuster franchises Iron Man and Avengers, made Disney a heck of a lot of heck of a lot of money and brought nerddom to the forefront with Avengers and so he's going to be given the uh, uh, given this Disney Legend Award of course he was also in the 2006 remake of the Shaggy Dog which I can't tell you that the Shaggy Dog made nearly as much money as the Avengers did but I'm sure it was fine um, he's also going to be in the 2020 Voyage of Dr. Doolittle and he's in a pre-production on the third installment of the Sherlock Holmes franchise which Disney now oversees John Favreau, the director, he has directed uh, The Jungle Book. He's directed Iron Man 2. Iron Man, of course, he broke broke in in 1996 with the uh, the indie film Swingers, which is a lot of fun. It's rated R, not for the kids. Um, he's also the director of The Lion King live action coming up uh, this, uh, this coming July. He's an executive producer for Marvel Studios. He's got credits on all the Avengers films. Uh, he's voiced characters for Disney's shows like uh, Hercules, Buzz Lightyear of the Star Command, G-Force, The Clone Wars, Sto- Solo, A Star Wars Story, on and on and on. He's been heavily involved in the, the movie-making process with Disney for a while. He's also executive producing and writing the live-action Star Wars series The Mandalorian for Disney+, Plus, which will come out this November. Next on the list, James Earl Jones. And you will know James Earl Jones because, of course, he is the voice of Darth Vader. He's also the voice of Mufasa, but he also did the narration for the Disney, uh, Disney nature film Earth. He uh, hosted a segment of Fantasia 2000. 
He's been a celebrity narrator at Disneyland. Um, you will also know him from Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, of course, the Return of the Roar, and he'll be back with The Lion King coming up. But you cannot deny that, you know, his most famous work is, of course, Darth Vader. Bette Midler, the singer-songwriter who was a string of comedy hits for Touchstone Pictures, which Touchstone was the division of Disney back in the 80s. Back when Disney wanted to make rated R movies and they couldn't really figure out how to do it, they created Touchstone Pictures, which gave us Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Ruthless People, Outrageous Fortune, Big Business. Also, its biggest hit was Pretty Woman, uh, which did not star Bette Midler, but for a frame of reference, you know what I'm talking about there. By the way, Ruthless People from 1986, one of the funniest movies I have ever ever seen in my life it is hysterical it holds up it's a little dated but it still holds up it's pretty spectacular she was also the voice of georgette in oliver and company and of course you a lot of people will know her from winifred and hocus pocus i'm not a fan of hocus pocus don't at me don't yell at me i'm sorry i'm just not a fan uh on down the list kitty ortega she's a he's a, a multi-winning director choreographer and producer he did all the high school musical films that alone gets him a disney award because he's a big big name in that in that genre disney jr disney channel things like that he also did the high school musical concert tour the miley cyrus and jonas brothers best of both worlds tour and has done several directing parts with you know short films. He did The Descendants, The Descendants Two, The Descendants Three, uh, which comes out in the summer. So he's kind of a director in that whole genre there. Uh, Barnett Ricci, she started the Walt Disney Company as a choreographer at Disneyland in the late '60s. She directed Kids of the Kingdom before going on to choreograph and direct many parades, including Christmas parades, America on Parade, and the Main Street Electrical Parade. Working on the grand openings of Walt Disney World, Epcot Center, and Tokyo Disneyland, she directed shows like the. Golden Horseshoe Review, the Diamond Horseshoe Review at both parks, and uh, also created, helped to create Fantasmic at Disneyland in 1992. So she's done a lot of work behind the scenes there. She has also spent some time as the Vice President Show Director of Special Events, uh, retiring after 40 years with the Walt Disney Company. Rock on for her. Robin Roberts, uh, ES- former ESPN broadcaster and of course now news anchor with Good Morning America, joined ESPN in 1990, became a Frequent contributor to the network programming and 15 years in ESPN. She was in NFL primetime. She hosted SportsCenter. Uh, she's got a book out, From the Heart, Seven Rules to Live By. And so has done a lot of stuff in the journalism department as well. Uh, Diane Sawyer, ABC News anchor. And, of course, Disney bought ABC in the mid-'90s and with all of that that goes there. And, I, I mean, I could go on and on about Diane Sawyer's accolades. Uh, she's done a lot of stuff, but she deserves being a Disney legend just for that uh, just for that aspect. Uh, Ming and I win. She can be found saving the day as Agent Melinda May in the, the ABC series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've never watched this show. I probably should, but I've never seen it, so I'm just reading that off of who she is. But she's also done a lot of other stuff as well, as including Kingdom Hearts 2 and Disney Infinity, the video games. She's done House of Mouse and Sophia the First on TV. She's done Ralph Breaks the Internet uh, on the movie front. She's done a lot of a lot of voiceover work, a lot of cartoon work, things like that. So kind of a kind of a big star there. And finally, Hans Zimmer, more than 160 projects he has scored. Uh, these projects have grossed over 28 billion dollars. You can find his work including Gladiator, The Dark Knight trilogy, Muppet Treasure Island, Crimson Tide, Pearl Harbor, King Arthur, Iron Man, Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, um, doing the Lion King show or the Lion King music for this movie coming up in July. Done a ton of stuff. So, uh, congratulations to Han Zimmer as well. So that's all happening. Uh, the ceremony is actually happening in uh, sometime in August, I believe. So the honorees are going to get a two-foot-tall bronze Disney Legends sculpture that signifies imagination, creativity, and magic that they have brought to the company. They'll also get a handprint ceremony at the end of the event, 
and their bronze prints will be displayed in the Disney, Disney Legends Plaza at the company's Burbank headquarters. So uh, price of the tickets are like 70 bucks or $75, something like that, and it's sometime in sometime in August. I don't even know the dates of it, but it's in D23. Uh, if you're going, then you already know when it is, and if you're not going, then you're not really <laughs> that wor- not worried that much about it. But Disney Legends, of course, all announced. So let's jump over now to my weekend here in, in uh, Walt Disney World. And it's kind of a misnomer there to say that because I really spent one night in a park Thursday night, and then I spent some time at Disney Springs on Sunday night and during Monday. But I did get to go to the After Hours event. Now, the Magic Kingdom opens up for three extra hours after closing. So I got there around 7, which is when my ticket allowed me in. I did not have a park ticket, only an After Hours ticket, which cost me about $135. So it was a little pricey, uh, including tax. So I got in there around 7-ish or whatever, met up with some friends, uh, chit-chatted, stayed for the fireworks around 9, watched the, uh, the Happily Ever After fireworks, which were spectacular. Got to walk over to uh, uh, to Frontierland, jumped on Big Thunder, Splash Mountain, Pirates, and all that over there in Adventureland. Knocked all that out pretty fast. Very little wait for any of it before the party even started. The event actually starts at 10, or for me, started at 10. It lasted till 1 in the morning, so at 3 hours. And basically, they sell a very limited number of tickets, maybe three or 4,000 tickets, if, uh, if that. I'm not sure. They haven't really released how many they sold, but that's kind of what we're looking at. Uh, and it's it's a park that holds about fifty to sixty thousand people comfortably on a busy day. So when you're looking at three to four thousand people out of a sixty thousand person park, that's not a lot of people. And I didn't see a lot of people. I mean, I saw some, but it was few and far between. I mean, there were little pockets of people here, pockets of people there. I was on the People Mover at one time. And as you know, the People Mover, as it crosses through Tomorrowland, you could actually look out among, among the Tomorrowland Plaza, and you see kind of Joffrey's there. There's Space Mountain to your right. You kind of see Monsters, Inc. and that kind of area there. I literally counted, and I counted 13 people. 13 people walking in that little plaza there. That's how scarce it was. It was wonderful. I jumped on just about every ride that was open. Uh, there was a few that I didn't get to. I didn't actually get to, um, uh, like, the Lands and Magic Carpet, and I never got around to the Barnstormer. And there's a few rides I just never got around to riding. I did I did People Mover twice. Uh, Mine Train, I think, had a 10-minute wait for me total. Everything else was a walk-on. Uh, free ice cream and free bottled drinks all the way through and free popcorn. I think I, I had, what, two Mickey bars and an ice cream sandwich, and I had um, three bottles of water and a Coke. I never got any popcorn. I'm, I'm not a huge popcorn fan in the park. I mean, I like it, but I didn't want to waste it, so I just didn't get it. I was pretty hungry, though, so if you decide to do this after hours event, make sure you eat before the party starts because all the restaurants shut down. Uh, all the, uh, the, the souvenir shops also shut down, too, so if you're looking to get something before you leave, just about everything else is closed, too, so don't think you're going to get in there and eat and do some shopping. You're not, which at $135 a ticket, you're there to ride rides. So I would not, I would not anticipate you doing that anyway, but don't think you're going to grab a quick bite because you're just not. The one downside I see, not only with the food not being open, but also there weren't many characters. Um, I did get to meet Mickey and Minnie in their in their birthday outfits. Notice I said birthday outfits, not birthday suits, mind you. Uh, I did I did get to meet them, which was really cool. I got there the last part of the night. Um, the line actually was fairly long for them because I think people were waiting at the till the last minute to jump in. And as a Disney rule, if you get in line for an attraction before the park closes, then you're into that attraction, even if the park closes while you're in line, which is what happened for me. Uh, I got in, I think. Maybe 
maybe 11, I'm sorry, like 12.50, park closed, the event was over at 1, I got out around 1.20, so it was about a 20 minute wait to get in there, uh, which I was fine with, I got to meet Tinkerbell as well, and that was maybe a 5 minute wait, jumped right on in, um, I met Rapunzel, which, which by the way, if you know me, I'm a big Rapunzel fan, I love me some Rapunzel, so it was a little, I always get a little, I don't know why, now let's, let's be real here, we know Rapunzel is Rapunzel, um, and I always, and having that fact and knowing that, I still get a little tongue-tied when I talk to Rapunzel in a way that I don't get when I talk to Snow White or Elsa or Aurora or Tinkerbell or anybody else. It's so weird. Um, I believe that my wife, Stephanie, is that way with Prince Philip. She, it's her favorite prince, and she loves her as a Prince Philip. And I know people who are that way with Jack Sparrow. They just get tongue-tied. For that, for that brief moment, they're standing with Jack Sparrow, the real Jack Sparrow from the Black Pearl. So... You know, I, same thing. I'm standing for that brief moment or two. I'm standing with Rapunzel from Tangled, and she's singing a song or whatever. Um, Tiana was next door, and and then the Princess Fairytale Hall. You can meet one and then the other. And I did try to take a picture with both. I asked Tiana if she would walk over and I could get a picture with them together, and Tiana declined. Uh, they don't like sharing worlds for your pictures, just so you know. There, uh, I did want to meet Cinderella. She's actually next door in Princess Fairytale Hall. You go when you go in, you go to one side, you meet Rapunzel, and you can meet. Um, uh, Tiana. On the other side, you meet Cinderella and Elena of Avalor. And I have this weird thing about because there wasn't many people in there, so it's it's not as if they would not notice you. I have this weird thing about taking a picture with one and then walking out on the other. So it was kind of weird. I didn't want to go in there and talk to Cinderella, get a picture and all that, and then just walk out on Elena of Avalor. I have no interest in Elena of Avalor. My kid doesn't watch that show. I've never liked the show. I don't like the music. It's just, it's not my thing. But I felt bad taking a picture with Cinderella and then looking at Elena going, see ya, no thanks. That's kind of stupid, I know, because Elena doesn't care. Elena's like, whatever, just less work for me to do, but... I just felt bad about that. So I didn't go meet Cinderella. So there you go. Um, unfortunately, like some of the other characters were not there. Over in, in, in uh, Storybook Circus, they have they have uh, Donald and Goofy and, and Daisy and Minnie, and they have their, their Storybook Circus outfits. That was not open. Um, I didn't see any of the other characters out. There was no Aladdin out with Jasmine. There weren't there weren't uh, characters walking around. And I think that's a miss for Disney. I really think that for the price you're paying, you should be able to get pictures like that. Now, I know the the big appeal is all the attractions are open and people are running from, from attraction to attraction. But I would have loved to have seen Mary Poppins in the park or seeing Alice or the Mad Hatter or maybe, you know, come across Baloo or King Louie or somebody like that. That would have been awesome. I would have loved part of that. that I would have taken a lot of pictures, actually, and probably missed some rides and been absolutely fine with that. But the After Hours event was great. It is one of those questions now where people say, well, is it worth it? And I got to tell you, it's worth it if you want to pay the money. Uh, myself, 135 I, I, we, we found it the budget. I was able to do it. You know, it's, it's, kind of, it's, not just, it's not just a fun trip, but it's also work, too, because I'm able to tell people about it. Uh, if you've got a family of four, you know, that 135 becomes 400 bucks, $500 pretty fast. And so you kind of have to decide, is it worth it or not? You, I mean, if you have a short trip and you don't know how much time you'll get to spend in the Magic Kingdom or maybe you have two days in the park and Magic Kingdom is an option for you and you want to really hit maybe Epcot and Hollywood, this is a good time to do, uh, do Magic Kingdom. Understand that you probably will miss some of the other stuff. Um, the park uh, opens to you about two hours before the event, so I was able to get in – actually, three. I was able to get in at seven with my after-hours ticket and do other stuff. I could have eaten then. I could have ridden rides and whatever. I'd even gotten fast passes if I could have found them available. Nothing was available that I wanted. But then the event opens at 10. So you have a little extra time there as a family to do stuff. So if you're thinking maybe let's do a, let's knock out some Magic Kingdom in like five hours, 
it's worth it because you'll be able to ride every single ride open uh, there. And er- just about everything was open. The shows weren't. Country Bears was not open. Carousel of Progress was not open. Um, Laugh Floor, things like that. But Astro Orbiter was there. Uh, Pirates, Haunted Mansion, Splash, Big Thunder, um, you know, uh, The People Mover, uh, Snow White's, not Snow White, that's gone, um, Winnie the Pooh, um, Peter Pan. You know, I did that with hardly any way to jump right on. So it's worth it. If you can take care of the fundage of it, that's what it is. It's a little pricey. They also have a villains event coming up sometime this uh, summer. I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's going to be very similar where they open it up to just people for those tickets. Not a whole lot of tickets sold, but villains will be all over the park. Um, and, and you know, Disney, honestly, if you had like a character event where we paid that same amount, but it wasn't just villains, it was all kinds of rare characters. I mean, give me Rhino from Bolt. And uh, let me see Chicken Little again and the Robin Hood characters. And, you know, I would. Meg from Hercules is atop my list. I've never met Meg, and you never hardly ever see Hercules characters out, and I would love to meet Meg because I've had a cartoon crush on her for 20 years now. I love Meg. Never get to see her. So something like that would be fantastic. I would totally sign up for a character event. That would be just awesome. We stayed over uh, for the conference. We stayed at the Embassy Suites. It's right off uh, of the interstate over on Lake Drive. Um, For those of you not familiar with Orlando, you may not have a clue where that is, and I'm fairly familiar with Orlando, and I have no idea exactly what to tell you that is, but Embassy Suites, a uh, beautiful hotel, fantastic hotel. They are a good neighbor hotel, and I'm very hesitant to sell good neighbor hotels uh, because I don't know a lot about the hotels themselves, and I don't like putting people in hotels around Orlando that I don't know about. That's the whole thing, uh, but Embassy Suites was wonderful. It was a large area, and it's kind of a massive courtyard in the middle and all the rooms are kind of open to the courtyard you you go up these steps and kind of the, the each floor kind of surrounds the courtyard as you go up and they're overlooking it's almost like you're in the contemporary and you can see as people are coming out of their hotel rooms they can look down and see the whole the whole area where the food court is a complimentary breakfast with your stay Breakfast was phenomenal. Uh, they had Mickey Waffles there, and legitimately from Thursday morning, well, from Friday morning, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, I had, I had what, 15 Mickey Waffles? <laughs> I did. I'm not ashamed of it. I had a lot of Mickey Waffles. Uh, they had omelets there. They have a breakfast bar, just a massive breakfast bar. Not a complimentary breakfast where you go and you get like pastries and a bagel or something like that. I mean, they had eggs and sausage and bacon and pancakes. Don't think the pancakes were very good, so I can't tell you that everything was delicious, but they have an omelet bar there where you can choose all your ingredients and make an omelet there, and it's all complimentary, which is amazing. I had such a good breakfast every single morning. It was not a—it was wonderful. I look forward to that breakfast, actually, and when I go back to the thing in 2020, I look forward to doing that breakfast again because we're going to stay there again. So this is a hotel that I probably would sell as 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 a travel planner, as somebody who doesn't do a lot of good neighbor bookings. I would look at Embassy Suites if all else fails. Uh, I left there on Sunday and actually went over to um, went over to All Star Sports Sunday night. Stayed there at my preferred room. You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I the the All Stars get a bad rap. Uh, the All Star Value Resorts, the All Star Movies, All Star Sports, All Star Music. Uh, Pop Century, of course, it's it's a Value Resort, which is a little better because it's been upgraded. Half of movies has been upgraded to the hardwood floors with the queen beds, but half of it is not. And music and sports have not been upgraded yet. I walk in, you got a full size bed. Um, I found the room to be very comfortable. The staff is very great. The room prices are for Disney are not bad. Uh, I I like the All Star Sports Resorts. I'm not a snob when it comes to that. I know people, including my wife, who are resort snobs. Anything less than French Quarter, she doesn't want it. She wants nothing to do with it. She's like, why do we have to stay here? Uh, I remember last year we were actually going to stay on property two years ago, 2017. We were going to stay on property for a couple of days uh, for, for an event down there. 
And I had gotten this all-star music, I believe, and it was a great price, and you know she was happy with the price, and everything was good. And, but I could tell she didn't just want to stay at all-star music; she wanted something better. And so, on a lark, I looked one day, and I found French Quarter, and I told her, "Hey, guess what? I just upgraded us from from music to French Quarter. It's like go oh, however much more, but you know we'll have to pay more to get there, but we we've, we've got it." And she was so gleeful; it was like you just added, handed a big kid a big piece of cake. It was like you just handed me a big piece of cheesecake. I mean, it. It. She was delighted. She was so happy. So in the upgrade. So she is not a. She is not a. a, a an all star girl. But I. I like the all stars. I think they're comfortable there. Um, I do recommend getting a preferred room at all times in an all star resort because the, the resorts are l- rather large and there's a lot of room to put you in the very back. So uh, you don't want to be coming off that bus at let's just say I don't know midnight with blistered feet, tired kids, and you got to walk the length of the resort to get to your room. You don't want that. Get a preferred room. Uh, two things I suggest with every Disney package. Now, I, I don't like telling people what they should and should not do. I try to give you information about your Disney package to tell, try to tell you this is, you know, let you make your own decisions. So that way you can decide, do you want this? Do you want that? Here's the information, why it's good, why it's bad, so on. Uh, Memory Maker, which is the photo, pro, uh, the photo program that Disney has, and preferred rooms at Value Resorts. I always suggest those two things. So there you go. Uh, so I guess uh, that's pretty much our, our Disney World Roundup for the weekend. Kind of uh, touched on some things after hours event and, of course, uh, the Embassy Suites, all our sports, things like that. Some Disney news, um, just... Just some Disney conversation. Uh, we did spend some time at Disney Springs. I will throw that in, that in real quick. And we went to the Coke store. And if you've never been to the Coke store, it's three stories. The first two stories are Coke products. I mean, it's, you know, shirts and blankets and little kitschy things and picture frames, whatever. And some of it's kind of cheesy. I mean, it's Coca-Cola stuff. Like, do you, you know, how much Coca-Cola branded stuff do you want? But you go all the way up to the third floor, and they have a Coke bar. Now, you can get alcoholic drinks or non-alcoholic drinks. You can do Coke flights, which, by the way, it's a hidden gem, and it's only like 12 or 15 bucks for a Coke flight. You get eight little cups of Coke, um, and they're various flavors. Coke, uh, you know, Coke, uh, Mr. Pibb, and, you know, Grapeco, and Sunkist, and whatever, Fanta, or whatever. You get like eight different flavors, cherry Coke, vanilla Coke, whatever. Uh, you get a Coke flight, and you can also get a Coke flight Sunday where they will put a scoop of ice cream in each one, and it's fantastic. It's too much for one person to eat. I recommend getting it for at least two to three people. It's wonderful. They have all kinds of various Coke drinks as well, Jack and Coke and rum and Coke and whatever you can get there. I'm not a drinker, so I didn't have any of that. The people I were with you know, all, all indulged, which is awesome, uh, but I'm not a big fan of that. But for myself, but, uh, the, you know, the Coke bar on the top floor is not a bad thing. You get a great view of Disney Springs. You get to look out. It's not very expensive, so it's something I definitely recommend considering to do. Uh, we also spent some time in uh, Splitsville at the bar there, kind of hanging out, watching the, uh, watching the atmosphere, and down to Enzo's Hideaway, which is kind of a little hidden bar. You get the sense I went bar hopping, which is kind of what we did. Again, I'm not a drinker, so I was kind of just kind of tagging along and hanging out with, with the people I was with. But uh, uh, we got to go to Enzo's Hideaway, which is kind of downstairs in a little cellar under a bar, uh, under a building there. And it's it's a good atmosphere. If you want to get away from it all, go to Enzo's Hideaway there at Disney Springs. So we had a good time at Disney Springs. But uh, next week, we're going to try to get some more stuff on. Um, got some great guests coming up. Over the weekend, I was able to talk to some great people and get some great guests lined up. We're going to do The Good, The Bad, and The Magical. We're going to start that series again, and we're going to do it with Disneyland and California Adventure. We're going to do that with uh, Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios as soon as I get the, the proper channels lined up for the people that I want to get. So we'll be doing some stuff like that. We also have the Parkology Challenge episode coming up. We'll talk all the way through that. I actually may have on the guy that I did it with and his name is Joey he's a good buddy of mine so we may actually talk through that and kind of go through that challenge 
We'll talk about all that, plus more Disney stuff coming up. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens up next week, the the 31st of May it opens up, which is insane that it's right here, and uh, there's going to be a lot of coverage when it comes to that, and I'll be able to kind of give you some insight on what happens with there, what happens with that, which is important, because when you look at what happens there, that's going to carry over to Walt Disney World. I, I A lot of people are asking me questions about Walt Disney World and how it's going to handle, how they're going to do reservations, how are they going to handle the people that are coming in. Honestly, what happens at Disneyland, Disney World is going to take take very close attention to, and they're going to figure out from there what they did right, what they did wrong, and how they want to adjust. It's a different animal at Walt Disney World, but some of the things will be the same. So pay attention to that. We'll definitely keep you up to date there. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate everything you guys have done. Don't forget to follow me. uh, DavidDollar.net is actually where you can find me online. Just go there. You can find my book. You can find the book stuff I'm working on. Find my website. Uh, you'll find Disney stuff. Find my podcast, the Deucecast Movie Show. Get that as well. So that's where you can find me online. And, of course, my good friend Katrina at the end of the show here will tell you exactly where to go. You guys have a great week. We'll see you soon. And don't forget to thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar. Facebook at Disney on a Dollar. And of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.